Hello, OdaFest listeners. Welcome to the newest episode of the OdaFest podcast, your favorite podcast, produced by convention staff such as Angelo Hello. and Nancy. Whoa, it's me. And me, Jay. And you. Who are you? It's the letter J. I've never heard of a J yeah. in my life. This is Sesame Street podcast. <laughs> I'll tolerate you for this episode, but I will not have you again for the next two episodes minimum. Indeed. It's going to feel so empty. I'll be around somewhere. I'll exist. You'll be physically existing, just not in front I'll of this I'll banish you to the other side of the planet. <laughs> to the shadow realm. We'll slightly misplace you like a, a continent over. <laughs> Man, speaking of the shadow realm, with the with the time switch over, mm-hmm. every time every day I get out of work, it is just pitch black now. I am hungry an hour earlier, and that hasn't fixed itself either. I've just seen like Instagram reels of dogs and cats whose internal clocks are tuned to like meal times, so they don't understand mm-hmm. daylight savings. And then their not. owners have to be like, "It's not time for food yet, baby," and they're like, "But body says hungry, mother." <laughs> I am starving. Yeah. Mother, feed me. My hunger wakes me up before my alarm does now. Mm-hmm. It's oh, my God. Yeah. Well, That's the worst. Breakfast, right? And then on Friday, I had a deadly 7.30 a.m. meeting with a client. So I was up and eat like another hour even earlier than usual. And I was just like, mm, so hungry by the time 10.30 came around. It was insane. I just want everybody to pat me on the back because... When the switchover happened back in uh, in the spring, mm-hmm. I looked at my the clock in my car, and I just refused. <laughs> I refused to take action. <laughs> just left it, because it's just going to be correct later anyway. Yes. And then about two weeks ago, I was driving in my car, and I was like, wow, I still haven't changed it for uh, daylight savings time. I should get around to that. And then I was like, wait a minute. It's like the end of October. It's going to change back in like two weeks. And so my car's clock is now once again correct. I know I I mention it every time we do daylight savings as a topic, but I really wish we could just get rid of it. It's just so unnecessary. There's a lot of things we could talk about that this government does, this provincial government (laughs) does, that spends a lot of money on instead of just doing something like fixing daylight savings time. But let's not get into that. Something I want to get into real quick is a reminder to get your weekend passes at the early bird price of $58 and nice cents at odafest.com. The early bird gets the weekend pass. Yeah. This is the second tier of early bird, so don't miss this one. It's true. Save money. Spend for holidays. Save for Odafest. Buy ramens like Angelo does. Do the thing. Save some, like, spy, buy a ramen for your mom. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> oh my god, it's ramen true. Ramen for Christmas? No, ramen, ramen for mother. For your mom. At because it's Mother's Day. It's the Mother's Day special. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes way more sense. Ramen for mother. Ramen for mama. I was just like, what's the next holiday coming up? Christmas. Why would you buy your ra- mother ramen <laughs> no. for Christmas? At Odafest. Why wouldn't you buy your mother ramen for Christmas? If she has a sodium sensitivity. Well, you would have to get the fancy, you got to get the fancy ramen, you know? Very true. Like, you can't just settle for Mr. Noodles if you're giving it as a Christmas present. You got to go, you got to go online, you got to go, like, to Vite Ramen and get the the expensive you stuff. Ha- mm. No, the, the hack right now is 
you take your doesn't matter if it's like the bowl or cup stu- uh, style of noodle or the you know instant ramen pack to be made in sauce pot of choice it is the addition or replacement by adding milk either half milk half water or like full on milk for that creamy texture Oh, I've actually seen TikToks about this. Yeah. And add a little butter. Yeah. And then you put in your sauce pack as like like you don't change much, but you just change out straight water for the creaminess of cream or milk. I never thought to do that. One thing that I've seen is taking the uh the fire noodles, the bulldog fire noodles. Oh yeah. And instead of using like water or milk or cream at all, mm-hmm. instead using hot oil. To almost make like a fire oil, chili oil noodle but dish. But but it's already very spicy. Do you need to add more? Not adding chili oil, adding oil so it's like it's bathing in chili oil. Oh, so it just coats all of your insides yes. the whole way down. Yeah. Oh, so you just really like to feel your intestines burn, huh? Some people want it. Mm, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And you know what else other people want? The Legend of Zelda live action movie. I thought this was a joke. I also thought when it was I read just it speculation. on Twitter. I mean, I like, feel like it's been Twitter... bounced around forever in terms of people either wanting it or speculating about it. I don't think I've ever heard it mentioned. It. Although, to be fair, the way I don't that keep it was mentioned Nintendo. on Twitter, it was like, oh, Nintendo, like at Twitter.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, this is Miyamoto. We are now announcing a live-action Legend of Zelda movie. And I'm just sitting there like, wait a minute. Is this one of those uh, uh, fake Nintendo accounts? One of the, like, meme accounts? Because there is no way this is a serious announcement. And it was completely true. It was 100% real. I was taken aback. Not so much that they decided to make a Legend of Zelda movie after the unmitigated success of the of the mario movie like they they really tried to make it bomb by getting chris pratt as mario (laughs) but now they're gonna have a live action legend of zelda they saw that one piece money baby and they were like i want some of that (laughs) how are they gonna fit chris pratt into a tunic i just don't see I like the idea of a Legend of Zelda movie. I don't love the idea of live action. I've said this before for when Disney was doing their live action remakes. There's just a certain level. Like animation helps you suspend disbelief. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Zelda's actually a pretty fun franchise, pretty animated, like, I don't know cartoony in a sense like i can mm-hmm. there used to be a legend of zelda cartoon and stuff there like was. that there was and it was great yeah so i just cheesy but great I, yeah they're all, i mean they're all cheesy and they're all like cult classic type stuff at this point but mm-hmm. uh, i don't know i'm sure it'll be fine i say this i feel like i say this every time about I, when i face these realities of what these franchises want to make as media I'm sure it'll be fine. I just don't love the idea. I never feel like... Is this what it's like to be old? (laughs) 
it's it really is <laughs> like when you love something and now you're starting to see uh... it becoming not uh, the uh, thing uh, that you uh, hold dear yes remade for the for the, the popular culture mm. but like when when i heard at like i found out like while i was sitting at the dining table for lunch Sean turns to me and is just like, oh, they're making a Legend of Zelda live action movie. And it's not a joke. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My brain skipped over the live action part. And my mouth went, I wonder who they're going to cast for Link's voice. Because isn't he just going to make, huh, 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 like noises? And and then, then my brain finally caught up and was like, wait a minute. Did you say live action? Yeah. Yeah, so they need an actual actor. They're People already saying, uh, oh. Is it going to be Michael Sarah? <laughs> Tom Holland. Tom Holland, yeah. <laughs> maybe like Timothee, Timothee Chalamet. His name rhymes, right? His, his first and last name rhyme. <laughs> Timothee, <laughs> Timothee Chalamet. I actually don't. It's not like I, I, I watch a lot of pressers uh, for media and shows. And I know he's in Dune or whatever, but I don't think I've ever watched or heard his name actually be pronounced so imagine if all three of us had names where we it the the first name and the last name rhymed Jewe. i know Jewe. that'd be fun <laughs> now what if i told you mm -hmm. that not only is it being made uh miyamoto is going to be one of the producers but he's only co-producer do you know who his other co-producer is bob the builder unlucky Avi Arad. Yes. Now, if you man. don't know that name, if you don't know that name, then you're exactly like me. I've never heard of this person in my life. Same. <laughs> but they've they've been a producer on some fantastic movies throughout the years. They were the producer on on Hulk from 2003, uh, the Marvel movie that that tried to get buried. Uh, Electra. The uh, the superhero film that got Daredevil's sidekick basically sidelined for the rest of time. Uh, Bratz. I didn't realize there was a Bratz movie. Apparently, there was. He produced it. You say this, but I'm looking at the I'm looking at the actual filmography, and he has. He has Morbius under his belt. Oh, Maybe some of the biggest. He has some guy. of the. Yes, but he also oh. has the original. Yeah, he is the original Iron Man. Now, I'm cherry picking. He's got the original Iron Man, which is an amazing movie. It's fantastic. It launched. He has Spider-Verse. Yeah, yes. he's got uh, Spider-Verse under his belt. Like, these are fantastic movies. Absolutely fantastic. Mm. Spider-Man 2, the good one. He has all three of the uh, Spider-Man, like, t uh, Tom Holland movies. Mm, okay. He knows what to do. And there are some ones where they probably didn't make as much, of, as much of a profit or something like that, or it wasn't the most critically acclaimed superhero movie. They just made $200 million instead of $800 million. Despite Morbius being a massive flop, a memed flop yeah. across <laughs> the internet, and we love it for that. Its biggest crime was just being boring. It wasn't it wasn't yeah. bad. It was just mediocre. Morbius still made on a budget like, of eighty-three million dollars, still made hundred and sixty-seven million dollars. So they made 
still an $80 million profit. They profited? So I'm just pointing that out. Like, I'm not saying money is the only thing that Holy matters. Holy It must have had a really good international release. Because mm-hmm. in, the, in the sphere of influence that superhero movies are, they're not gunning for Oscars other than, like, special effects or costume. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not doing story Oscars. They're not doing... Uh, uh, best actor, actress, you know, best supporting. So it is for them mostly about the money. And I guess Mr. Arad makes money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's not that it's impossible. It is absolutely, absolutely possible for The Legend of Zelda Mm -hmm. to be good. It could potentially even be great, but I am not going to be optimistic. I want to know which universe of Zelda they're pulling from. I want Philip's CDI Zelda. I'm so hungry, I could eat an Octorok. (laughs) I can't wait to bomb some Dodongos. (laughs) I want to see Majora's Mask. That's what I want to see. That's the universe I want in. As much as I love Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom. All right, that's fair. That would actually be... Ocarina of Time would be really dark, actually. Well, it was yeah. kind of a success. I, wa- I, I would want both. Um, Majora's I think a lot Mask of is even darker. Say, like, I mean, maybe that's the most obvious answer, but at the end of the day, yeah, with all the bangers in the franchise that is Legend of Zelda, I have to think that Ocarina mm-hmm. and Majora's Mask are are up there. Mm-hmm. They have the nostalgia bait in there, but the uh, what I think would be really good with Majora's Mask. Time travel as a mechanic is something that really gets anything a cult Yeah, home. time travel and multiverses. Waiting for a Chrono Trigger. Something. Just something. I mean, what if they... Okay, what if they made Chrono Trigger as a remake the way that they're handling Final Fantasy VII? Uh, mm, but the way they're handling Final Fantasy VII is so... It's different, right? They're They're kind of... They're hinting at things that make me think this won't be a faithful remake uh didn't they add completely new characters that didn't have i would argue you can easily add uh more character moments or like more characters to add to the canonical like already established content but i feel like they are hinting towards things being different so i don't know that i could make that analogy jay i don't think they're That's they're fair. just like remaking it i think they're they're doing more than just remaking the original story i just don't know how well a chrono trigger series would do so th- i just went back to like the remake a game route versus try to extract the a movie could be good I know. or like <clears throat> something some some other adaptation that maybe isn't as interactive a chrono trigger mcdonald's sure. commercial They've been getting into those anime commercials lately. Anime? I've never heard of anime. Actually, the second season of Devils is, is a Part-Timer oh, is no. one of those things that makes you uh, regret wishing for a second <sighs> season. Devils a Part-Timer? I'm so sad to hear that. It was such a cute series with season one. Yeah. It is the kind of situation where the oh. monkey paw curls when someone asks for the second season. It's really clear that it was made as kind of a cash grab and really low budget. Uh, a lot of the time, the characters aren't even on model. So they'll be like wrong sizes relative to each other, uh, really poorly drawn. That makes me sad. 
just ugh. and apparently this part of the light novel series was a very oh difficult part for readers to get through so you got subpar animation mixed with subpar story and it's been eight years since the original aired yeah it's been a before while the second season came out so a lot of the fans of the original series might have moved on from anime entirely this might spell the end of it as a series honestly it's unlucky but i wouldn't be surprised if there was never any more devil is a part-timer material well at least you got the manga yep uh light novels i think light novels light novels i think mm. ah but i also think that uh netflix must be stopped i don't know who at netflix got the idea that what the world really needed was a second uh, Avatar The Last Airbender live-action version. If you say the words, Netflix must be stopped, they will stop. They'll stop when you as the audience have already been invested into the series or movie that you really wanted to watch, and then they remove it or cancel the series. <laughs> so they just stop. They stop on their dime, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> my god or miswrite it yeah it's true it's true everybody out here being like wow netflix good job with that ne that with that one piece adaptation that unironically very good thing very good work you did there uh you're going to adapt the rest aren't you <laughs> aren't you i would be surprised i would be surprised if uh, they even got to the Alabaster arc. I, I'm i happy with what... I, ha I, I say this all the time. Like, I don't really care about how good sequels are or, like, following seasons are. As long as I had, like, the one good thing. I, like, a uh, prime example for me is, like, RoboCop. I love the original RoboCop. The next two movies have the campiness, but also none of the, like, the better substance and, like, satire that it has, the undercurrent that runs through the original RoboCop. And I'm like, that's okay. I don't need... Uh, Jurassic Park? Another great one. Lost World? Oh, I'll watch Lost World. But the third one I don't really care about, and the original one is the one I need. Lost World is pretty good. The third one... There's a reason they rebooted the series after the third yeah. one. And at the same time, it's also the only major franchise out there that does dra or dragons, dinosaurs on a regular basis. So I'm kind of like, whatever, just just make the movie. I'll watch it for your dinosaurs, and then you can just you know fuck off because <laughs> no one else is making dinosaur movies. Yes, give me the dinosaurs yeah. that look like frogs. I want them. So Angelo, did you actually watch the trailer to the the new Netflix adaptation? Yes, there were a lot of landscape shots, just panning landscape shots. There was a lot of nothing mm -hmm. going on. Like, I mean, as a fan of the animated series, I recognized a lot of those landscapes. That's good, right? Yeah, but if they have something good to show us, I feel like they would show us that, not just CGI landscape shots. You know what I mean? If they had some... I think we got to see Aang yeah, and I saw a screenshot of Aang. He looks okay, I guess. It's just not impressive. Well, it doesn't okay. give me hope. He's a bald kid with an arrow on his head. Mm -hmm. As much as everyone is yep. memeing about it mm -hmm. being, oh, this is just the second coming of the M. Night Shyamalan version... I don't think that's possible. I don't 
don't think so. Shyamalan's version of it was just so janky. Like, he, the names were pronounced wrong. A lot of what? the world building was wrong. Like, I never it saw strange. it. So. Yeah. I, so I've, I've never actually seen it because pe- enough people told me not to watch it. But uh, apparently they re- he, he demanded that they repronounce a whole bunch of names because based on Asian languages, this is how it should be pronounced. So Aang is Ong, and then there's a whole bunch of other things that they also pronounce differently in the movie. And apparently firebenders require an actual fire to bend. They can't just, like, make fire out of their energy, which is kind of the whole point of firebending. I have a point to make about the names thing, the name pronunciation. It doesn't matter yeah, uh-huh. what the source of the language is. L- names are merely a sound you make up to give a title to something. <laughs> You can pronounce it however the hell you need to if you are the one bestowing the name. Yes. <laughs> 100%. Fair. I I feel like it's different, though, when you adapt from a book into a show, like Wheel of Time, for example. But there, there were, like, this is adapting from the same media to a slightly different but very similar media where the names are established. So it just seemed a little strange to be, to die on that particular hill. If everyone already heard the names throughout the entire Avatar The Last Airbender series, and no one was like, hmm, you know, maybe we should repronounce those, then don't change it for other media. It's also a fictional universe. It's a fictional universe for a young audience. Yes. True. You don't have to, like, J.R.R. Tolkien, the whole, like, mm, well, actually, in the Silmarillion, <laughs> you see, that, you know, the elves traveled from Valinor. <laughs> Jay has some trauma behind this. I just let people enjoy things they yeah. want to enjoy the way they want to do. Now, that's all. That's the all it really comes Shyamalan to. Stop gatekeeping. was basically. also extremely famous for having extremely underwhelming bending effects. Like, I remember that... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I heard about that. I the, remember that. The, the earth bending, bending I saw the is the, the most infamous version of it, where they got so three funny. buff dudes dancing, pounding the ground, having this big, epic Hell choreography. Yeah. <laughs> They're yelling their hearts out. And then three Good. stones maybe about the size of potatoes gradually float by slower float than a grandma slowly. with a walker can shamble across a road again it's just the world building was a bit broken i'm told and don't love you that. can get past world building with that. impressive anything and there was nothing impressive about the m night Shyamalan version so at the very least for netflix avatar the bar is very low for worst Avatar adaptation. <laughs> you could basically just record a Left 4 Dead run-through and just True. have modded uh, uh, character models in there, and that would be a more faithful adaptation of The Last Airbender than than Shyamalan's version. That's where the bar is. Do you... That's rather painful. <laughs> because Left 4 Dead 2's director is uh, <laughs> so good. <laughs> yes. So the bar is low for the for the worst Avatar uh, series, but to be better than the original, the bar is really high. Like to to Agreed. to get the bar of it is worth existing. I feel like you need to be in spitting distance of that bar, 
and I'm not hopeful. We'll see. I'm. We'll see. Yeah, I'm mostly curious about from like what we've seen of Netflix's um like CGI department, for example, in like One Piece. It's not terrible, but it is like it's not exactly like Marvel well, level CGI, right? Marvel CGI ten years ago and Marvel CGI now are very different things. That's true. That's fair. But I'm just thinking about like, what are the things that you need to see CGI'd? You need to see the bending effects. We've already established mm-hmm. that. You need to see the animals because there's uh, there's Momo, right? And then there's Appa at the very least. And then what else do you need to see CGI'd? I guess not that much. Exactly. Just the environmental general environment, touches. As they do nowadays anyways. Yeah. But that will lend a lot into the suspension of disbelief if those items can look good. Because I don't think the actors necessarily have to look good. Like, they did a really good job casting for One Piece. But that's because the the each character is very, like, sort of unique. Like, they have they have a very unique design look. Whereas I would say that, like, the, the, the <clears throat> Avatar gang is not particularly special looking except for, again, the one kid who has who is bald and has a big blue arrow on his head they kind of kind of just look like kids with their respective like tribe clothing you know i I want it to be good just because i don't want bad things but i am not holding out hope but i also don't think we needed a live action remake of it i just real does netflix oh well if you want to go down that route does netflix have streaming (laughs) rights to the original avatar the last airbender because this is something we've seen with zom 100 i think so because i think that's where i i think that's where i watched yeah i think you and bayfire watched it on netflix right i am like 80 percent sure Think so. in my old rusty memory that may not be pretty sure uh that may not be what their catalog looks like now because that was a few years ago I'm just interested because when Netflix couldn't get the rights to anime ZOM 100, they then went and made live action ZOM 100 instead, just so that they could have ZOM 100 at all. Uh, What if this is something similar, where they think we might not be able to keep the rights to Avatar forever, or maybe if they've already lost it, I'm not going to look it up in the middle of speaking, If maybe if they've already lost it, like, well, we want to have some kind of Avatar The Last Airbender. So we can make our own live action one, uh, and then we can just keep running it forever because we made it. And it's already written. Does that work that it's way? It's already written. The show already exists. We're just reenacting it with people. If they get the rights to adapt it for live action, then I mean that's that's their live action. But the stuff. Avatar IP owner, whoever that may be, they can rescind the license at any time regardless of whether they made it. It depends on the licensing agreement because the way that the licensing agreement for... Okay, the, you know, okay, we're going we're going too far down the rabbit hole. Okay, we're going okay. too far down the rabbit hole. Like, I, like, I, I get it. I get it. Um, Basically, if they ever lose the original Avatar, they want their own. And that's what they're doing. Let's just cross our fingers and hope that it doesn't suck. At the very Fair least... Enough. That's the standard around here. <laughs> let's hope we get as many memes as Morbius out of it. Fair enough. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm I'm down for both. And I say this for like the Zelda movie and and everything too. Either be good or be memeably bad. Yes. <laughs> but don't be somewhere in the middle. Fair. That's all I want. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> oh. So we just talked about a bunch of different people doing their job to try to bring entertainment to you, 
the people. But what if instead people. you could do what entertains you for your job? What would you do? What would you spend the rest of your life doing? Or would you keep doing your current job and save the hobby for just fun time? So the topic came up originally because as we were prepping to record this episode, I was like, guys, guys, I modded my keyboard today. I'm so proud my fingers hurt. But now my keyboard sounds amazing. And, and because it uh, sounds and feels amazing, your fingers won't hurt next time. Maybe. We'll see. But usually working with tiny, sharp plastic things usually hurts. But <laughs> so Jay goes, would you ever do that for just like your actual job? Like, would you let people hire you to mod their keyboards for them? And I was like, you know, that wouldn't be the worst possible thing I could do. I've already done something similar where I made something that I was passionate about into a job. I already did that with voice acting. I don't know if I could actually justify the amount of money it would cost for someone to mod your keyboard. Because if you think about the sheer amount of time I spent on this, this was my keyboard and I probably mm -hmm. spent four hours on it. And I probably right. put in a little too much effort for this. So let's but I also see. could have put more effort into this and made it truly perfect. If we consider probably $50 round trip shipping, four hours of professional time, depending on what you want to charge that at, that can be anywhere from $100 to $300. So basically Possibly. for the cost of a new... Anywhere from an entry level or a very nice mechanical keyboard, you could have Nancy customize your keyboard. I would say it would be interesting because, I mean, there's also different forms of keyboards. There's ergos, there's mechanical, there's 10 keyless, you know, 70 yeah. percent, whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's also the number one reason that I think Nancy would not do this now that I think about it, because I wouldn't do this. <laughs> but I'm not you. When you... But you will know exactly what I mean. You would have to open up someone else's keyboard to mod it. Yep. Oh, no. That's, no. That is 100% <laughs> a thought that crossed my mind. So, so add, on, add on an extra $75 cleaning fee. Disinfecting oh, at least. Fee. At least. Oh, seventy-five. I'm doubling. Oh, no. It, it would be a lot depending on like the actual state of your keyboard. Like... I can promise you yeah. that when I ship your keyboard back to you, it would be in immaculate shape. But if you don't want to like overinflate the cost of what it would be for me to just mod your keyboard, probably don't Clean send it to me in keyboard. the worst possible shape you could send it to me. I feel like if I were yeah. doing that job, oh. Oh. the package would have to go into like, you know, like those sandblasting chambers? Into yeah. one of those with the gloves in it. Just put it into an autoclave. But the whole chamber is filled with ozone gas. It's got UV lights going down on all parts of it. That's what I would unopen up and check out, disassemble the keyboard in. And oh, then after God. any bugs, germs, uh, literal insects, hair are removed and from sauce, it, and then it can come out of the ozone food chamber. Bits. Yep, food bits. Uh, it's pretty bad. I like I said, no, the three hundred dollars that you mentioned earlier for the mod, and then I double that just for the <laughs> like. Mod. I would I would charge variable cleaning fee based on what state your keyboard is in when you sent it to me. Yes, does it just have to sit in the ozone chamber for like five oh, seconds? God. Or do we need the 24-hour soak? Yeah, and do we have to like 
like isopropyl alcohol every single surface you just sent me and at the worst level like the top tier worst level you take a photo of it after you've taken it out like uh taken off all the keys and you can see all the grunge underneath you take a photo of it and you send it to their mother (laughs) I mean, <laughs> only if I get there's a shame only in there. if I get to charge a fee that you can optionally pay for me not to do that. Not to send to not mother. to send it to your mother, but like seriously, like I would send. That's another doubling of. The I fee. would send back Wonderful. photos. I'd just be like, "This is what it looked like when you sent this to me. Just, just for the record, this is what it looked like." But I mean, and now it no yeah. longer looks this way. If we double the cost for the cleaning, we're now looking at six hundred bucks a pop. You, if you do one of those a day, you're uh, you're eating good. Yeah, but I mean, again, that that would be me doing this as a full time job. A, are enough people actually going to want to hire someone to do this for them? Maybe. God no. But would they pay that much for it? Well, that's the <laughs> the problem. crushing of dreams. God no. <laughs> like yeah, everyone wants their keyboard to feel great and to sound great and to look great. But do True. you want to pay someone this much for it? That is... I think there is a market for it. At a point where I tried to do, like, uh, pixel art animation commissions, mm-hmm. that was the sticking point. It's that, oh, yes, a lot of people really want the thing. They want the animation commissions until they realize how much it's going to cost. And that's... I think there's the difference here is though like the market that I can imagine for that keyboard mod it lies in like the gamer community the pro gamers they're going to want like like they already know, they already do a lot of modding but like to have that people do that all the time they all like uh, especially if they're like you know kind of at the top of whatever their thing is they offload the labor oh yeah even though they're an expert in what they want it's like uh athletes and then their sports equipment for example but like yes. even it's not like they're the ones buying or making but like them, if you right? think about even like people who make youtube content for a living they need to have video editors like on standby for mm-hmm. for everything mm-hmm. like you gotta you gotta they offload the they have people to help you film and produce mm-hmm. like it's it's mm-hmm. a whole right it's a whole shop you gotta like have someone dealing with all this like like I personally would probably need someone running just business logistics for me because if the I'm doing admin the actual stuff, work, I don't have time to do that. That is really what it comes down to for me. Even if I wanted to make like my greatest passions into my home income, my, my personal income, my real job, there's all the administrative BS around making that a job mm-hmm. that makes mm-hmm. it unfun. Yeah, I know. Everything from like networking and just emails, building and skills, scheduling, dealing with invoicing, deadlines, like contracts. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a lot that applies here from my voice acting experience, right? I have contract templates now that I draw on for individual jobs. Mm-hmm. I have rate sheets that I can reference now. I have contacts that I can ask for very specific things that I need. But without mm-hmm. all of that, I would be starting from scratch, and I just don't have time for that. And voice acting already eats friends. into as much of my free time as I have. Like, I, I don't really have True. a whole lot of time to do things outside of Odafest podcast, outside of all of my other commitments. <gasps> 
Odafest podcast shit. It's a priority. It's a priority. <laughs> Every week, it's at the top I, uh, of the list for like one day. I, I have some friends that are like professional streamers, and they, I always like, I always am sort of in awe of them, not because they do what they want as like, uh, a, like they do their hobby as a living because I know how much work it took to get them mm-hmm. there. And every time I hear somebody casually say, I want to play video games for a mm. living, I'm just like, no, you no. don't. You don't because you... You don't understand. Are, like, I, not not to be, like, rude, but essentially you're part of, like, you're the 99.5%. You're just everybody else who doesn't stream and play games for a video or for, for, for a living. So, you know, figure it out. Like, why is it... If it was so easy as just buy console, buy game, turn on camera, have computer, talk into microphone. If only it were that easy. I mean, and like, if the math was that I easy. Had, right? I had a similar thing with digital art too. Like, I dabble in digital art. I'm not a professional by any means at all, but I definitely thought about it. And like, like voice acting, doing artwork, digital artwork on a commission basis is gig based. So if you're not working on the current gig and earning money, you are trying to chase down your next job. It's hard, it's hot. It's a lot of hard work. Oh yeah, it's absolutely, it's not the main part of the job that makes it a tough job. It's all the extra stuff that you don't think about it when you only mm-hmm. have it as a hobby. Yeah. Like for me. Funny that when it's a passion driven thing and it's not the passion parts, the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the same time, like, I also don't want this ruining that passion either. Like, voice acting worked out for me, but what if I don't like art anymore because I tried and I burnt out and I just never want to do art ever again? Or the audience, right? Like, we hear so much, so many times, even with people with established audiences, their own audiences turn against them because of, oh, you didn't play the game I wanted. Oh, you don't draw the art style that I like anymore oh, this is not the direction that I wanted your content. The thing that you as a creator have the most control over, technically, it doesn't appeal to me anymore. I don't like it. You're nothing anymore to me. It's like, wow, thanks. There's a lot of uh, wonderful artists that I follow online, and it never fails that every now and again they'll pop up and say, yes, I am aware I'm being called out for only drawing pretty girls. I'm sorry. That's just what I like to draw. It's good. It's fun. I have recognized in my own sit for my own art. I'm like, wait a minute. How do I draw backgrounds? Why am I so bad at drawing backgrounds? All you draw is a wall. How can this be fucking hard? Well, because obviously you draw more than a wall. You draw the rest of the room. You draw the (laughs) things in the room. What the hell is in a room? I guess it depends on what room it is. But it's just all the, when you Mm -hmm. don't care about that part, there's a lot of minute details that you don't really look into, and that's just the way it is. That is its own analog for the business end of turning your hobbies and passions into a business. It's all the extra stuff that you never did because you didn't Mm -hmm. want to do it anyway Mm -hmm. is now necessity. That said, if Angelo wanted to do like a game and was like, Nancy, I can't pay you, but do could you contribute to the game i'd be like hell yeah i'll do my best noted there's something there is something to be said about like having a good community that does things that you actually want to be a part of even if you're not getting paid for it what she's saying is use and abuse your friends (laughs) (laughs) politely abuse yes politely Politely. abuse 
take take friends out to dinner <laughs> kind of and sure they're doing I'm well so sorry, i can't pay you more yes. yeah I'll, I'll pay you in food we'll go i'll go and buy you one of your favorite hot dogs from costco but we need to use your costco card to get in <laughs> look i offered that offer's still open we can still go to costco can we go because i'm actually down for costco i've been craving a costco dog like something fierce i do need to go to costco <laughs> soon so i mean that sounds like the beginnings of a plan oh my oh my are we going to costco I mean, we tomorrow we technically have a date we're, I th- we planned a day. We planned a date. We planned a date night. Yeah. We will see Let's you go. at Costco tomorrow, dear Oda Fest listener. But we won't <laughs> tell you which one. You have to guess. Yeah. We won't tell you Open which tomorrow invite. either. <laughs> yeah, which tomorrow, which location. Find out next Even time it... on the next episode of the Oda Fest podcast. <laughs> the Oda Fest podcast. He's too distracted by Costco food. <laughs> we'll record the next episode at Costco. Just the just acoustics recoup. would be horrible. Yes. <laughs> My God. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>